Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, bless everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast today. We're continuing on to Ephesians, and I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, this is one of the most powerful books about uh, who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he has done for us, first three chapters, and then how we are to live out the faith that we have, how we're to live out the salvation that we have, that we're experiencing now and that is yet to come, and how we do so, not individually, but as the body of Christ and in the world. Ephesians lays it all out, folks. If we would simply do what we see here, so many of what we consider to be church problems would fall by the wayside. So we resume today in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, we talked about verse 17 in the last episode, but I, I just think it's an interesting little declaration. Uh, as we race sort of toward the end of the uh, letter now, Paul does that quite often. You see him just firing off instructions and commandments and uh, things just real quick. Listen to what's said here in verse 17. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, it's just such a simple thing that you can sort of read through and get, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, we shouldn't do that, and then move on. But really meditate upon that, really reflect upon that. We are not to be foolish, folks. So much of <coughs> what we do, excuse me, is foolish, and it's the foolishness of man. Often well-intended, but he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. If we were to start off with seeking the will of the Lord, if we were to start off with seeking the mind of the Lord, in any matter, in every situation in life, whatever it may be, if we were to do that, we would save ourselves so much time, so much pain, so much heartache, so much confusion. Uh, the strategies of man would just fall by the wayside, and the foolishness of man would be revealed. But no, what we do is we come along, and more often than not, uh, launch together corporately into the foolishness of man, then ask for God to bless it, and then try to figure out why it didn't work and try to understand the will of God. We've got it backwards. Start with understanding the will of God. Well, then it continues in verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation. Okay, But be filled with the Spirit. He says, you know, don't get drunk with wine. Now, you know, out of my background, that's been taken to an extreme. Okay, it's been taken to the extreme to the point where people say, oh, you don't drink, you don't touch anything, you don't do that. The scripture never says that anywhere. It says repeatedly, don't get drunk. But it does not say that you cannot drink something that has alcohol in it. And actually, it gets to be just rather foolish when you see it. Uh, I've been in many situations through the years where people are just, uh, they are known for uh, their stances and some things, you know. And they'll rant and rave about a 5% alcohol beer, and yet half the congregation is buzzed on Prozac. You know what I mean? And so, well, you know, just because the doctor prescribes it, they say it must be okay. Well, not necessarily. The whole thing is right here is don't seek to find fulfillment in uh, the flesh. This dissipation, it, it literally means uh, wastefulness, unsavedness. Don't get drunk with that, with excess. Uh, what? There was, let me see, which one was it? Oh, yeah, the ESV says it's debauchery, okay? Don't get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be Filled with the Spirit. And it's also interesting that the people who rant and rave, shall I say, uh, <laughs> the most against uh, an alcoholic beverage or something, quite often are ones that uh, don't want to talk a whole lot about being filled with the Spirit. Okay? There's something that's going on right here. 
don't seek to be satisfied in the things of the flesh, but seek to be filled with the Spirit. Now, that's just part of a sentence, verse 18, 19. Again, I don't know how far down it goes. 20, 21 are all one sentence. So he's saying this. Do not get drunk with wine. That's dissipation. That's debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Uh, so we see what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be getting drunk, okay? We're not supposed to be doing that kind of thing. We're supposed to be filled with the Spirit, and we're supposed to speak to one another. And he tells us to speak to one another in some things. And this right here, I think, is quite insightful uh, with, with psalms. And the idea behind a psalm is this like a sacred ode, O-D-E. It literally means the, the striking of something. Okay, the strike, and it, it's with the voice or a harp or any instrument, and it is very much the, the type of thing that we um, consider the Psalms to be in the Old Testament. Uh, Thayer's actually defines it as a a striking, a twanging kind of sound. So he says that we are to speak to one another with Psalms, then hymns. Okay, hymns, and uh, the Greek word for hymn means hymn. <laughs> Don't you love that? But a hymn is interesting because it's a sacred song. Okay. But it, uh, a, a hymn defined in this way speaks of what the heroes of the faith are doing, the song that praises God, praises the heroes and conquerors. Also, it's referred to as a religious ode like one of the Psalms. But it carries the idea of uh, honoring God and of teaching things about God. Quite often, hymns have uh, theological things involved with it. And there's huge debate. It has been for hundreds of years. There is now. You know, people get all snarky about it, and all sides are wrong if their heart is not pure before one another, if they don't love one another. So one side sits there and says, oh, I just hate these new uh, worship songs because they just say the same thing over and over and over and over again, to which I usually go, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like that song that goes, uh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, let's take it up a little bit. Hallelujah. You know, they don't realize that that's been a, a form of worship and a form of music for hundreds of years. But I know what they mean, because a lot of times uh, the things that are written in some songs are not biblically correct. There's two or three songs that I love. I love the groove, love the melody, love the feel of it. I will not do them. Won't do them in corporate worship, won't do them in private worship, because uh, what they teach is not correct. But then there are hymns which have profound, deep theological meaning, which sometimes are correct and sometimes are incorrect. But the music's so boring. Sometimes the uh, psalms are boring, <laughs> you know. And so it's not whether it's this style or that style. It's the intent of the heart. And what may be boring for me may just really strike someone else. But it's not limited to that. It's not psalms and hymns, and that's it. It's psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Pneumatikos. Okay, Numity. songs of the Spirit. And this literally is an idea of songs that come about in our spirit by the Holy Spirit, I think, uh, more often than not, on a very spontaneous uh, type of way. Okay? And, uh, you know, out of my background, most people have never experienced that. I have experienced that. I have seen that. And it's an amazing thing when all of a sudden you're, you're just in the midst of something and the Lord gives you an, an expression. Sometimes it's just a phrase. Sometimes it's a line. We've had entire songs coming back. As a matter of fact, we did a re, uh, recording about 10 years ago now. 
of songs that would come about out of our portion of the body of Christ. We recorded them. You can find it on Spotify now. Uh, go to Spotify and look for Victory Park, and, and it's right there. And every one of those songs uh, came out of a line that popped into somebody's head. We wrote them all. We played all the music. We mixed and mastered it, did all the damage control. Uh, but a, a line would come, and then we would just sit there and just worship around that line and see what else would come, and songs came phenomenal songs. Uh, sometimes uh, these are what I, you know, they may be a throwaway song. It may be just for that moment and for that time. I've actually had times when I was going to have a message that I was going to bring. Instead of standing up and speaking the message, while we were worshiping, all of a sudden a melody came for like the first point. A melody came for the second point. And I wind up singing the message in the midst of all the worship time. And it's just one of the most amazing things when God does that kind of thing. And there's freedom in the midst of that. So, and our time's about up. So let me just uh, read these first two verses, which are half of this uh, sentence. So, do not get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, that's debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. This last thought, have you ever considered that when we speak to one another and we're singing in hymns and psalms, that we're speaking to one another? More often than not, we're saying, oh, well, we're worshiping God and we're singing to God. Well, we are, perhaps. But there is an element right here of speaking to one another in these things. What does that mean? Well, maybe we'll pick that up again next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I thank you so much for your time. I'll see you then.